0: Hello and welcome to R3 sense a podcast celebrating the very finest video games. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined, as always, by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. Yes, you are. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. It's time to cast a black Mario. And we are discussing our all-time top 100 video games. This week we have our number 78. But before we do that, let us start, as we always do. With the quiz. Hooray. The scores currently stand at 10 to Chris and 10 to Minty. The phrase is: he's on fire and boom. Sh- NBA oh, Jam. Fucking hell. <laughs> That is absolutely correct. (laughs) I shall finish the question for Minty's benefits. Um, The phrases he's on fire and boom shakalaka were made popular by which famous sports game?
1: NBA Jam.
0: That is correct. The point goes (laughs) to Minty. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was polite enough to not interrupt. I am, of course, kidding. Congratulations, Chris. That was a very fast answer. That was a fancer. So, what have our video game weeks consisted of this week, gentlemen, Minty?
1: So, I'm still hacking away at the Konami pixel puzzle uh, thing.
2: Yeah, me too. What percent are you at?
1: I'm on 40.8%.
2: Oh, I'm I'm into the low 30s. I haven't played as much this week. I'm on 41.2%. Oh! I've overtaken you, Minty. Wow! I know, I know.
0: Yeah, I've been playing it in bed. I find it quite relaxing and uh, helps me sort of just wind down and drift off to a peaceful slumber. Hmm. I had a very successful little blast on New Star Manager and won the treble. Oh, oh well done. That's Thank you very spicy. much. Thank well you. Done. It then gives you the option to start afresh in a different league and go through again, which allows you to sort of unlock some of the other achievements and, and stuff. I thought, oh, there's still probably more to do with my current team. and But then, yeah, I was like, oh, well, my enthusiasm dwindled, dwindled. <laughs>
2: Dwayne in the rock yeah.
0: I went. I was a mix between dwindled and waned. There, um my enthusiasm dwaned. and because I yeah had already kind of won the the big trophies, and yeah, so it naturally my time to that with that game I think has come to an end for now. In other news, in other media, I went to go and see Pokemon Detective Pikachu in the cinema with my good pal. Minty Booth. Was it good? It was good yeah it was a really good fun film. First um, decent video
1: game movie I would wager.
0: Yeah I think it does a lot of things right. It, it, I mean th- to be honest there isn't really any what I would call fan service. But there weren't any real in-jokes or any niche references to any deeper lore. I didn't find myself
1: doffing my trilby and scoffing.
0: No no thank god and I think that it was most evident kind of what they've done with the film by how the film started and the film started with the most pokemon video game scenario which was two boys trying to catch a pokemon and i must say it was very clear from that that there is no way of conveying that in a realistic setting that makes it in any way believable is (laughs) it's absurd it's I, i thought it was absolutely absurd i mean like finding a pokemon in the wild and throwing a ball at it it's just it just it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it was ridiculous and fortunately from from that point on it was all a movie setting for the film so there weren't any pokemon battles really in the normal sort of sense and there wasn't any more catching pokemon or thing it was you know a straight up kind of detective mystery movie hmm. set in a city where pokemon lived side by side with with humans and i think that was a very very smart move because it means that if you don't know anything about pokemon you can understand that what they are and the place they have in this world but at the heart of it it's a really fun sort of mystery story and you enjoy i think finding finding the little twists and turns along the way and it was good it was i mean i'd give it a solid three stars oh yeah i think that it's laid some good foundation i think for future pokemon films And, uh, yeah, like Minty said, I think it's, it's certainly the first video game film that doesn't actively suck. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it was good. I I was saying to Minty, like the one thing that sort of became apparent to me was they obviously had the budget to render about 60 different Pokemon, which is still a huge amount and enough to make this world feel alive. But After a while, it was like, okay, yeah, I know clearly that Pokemon's there in the background again, and it's like, oh, this trainer happens to have the same pokemon that you know six other people do (laughs) and because they'd shown all of the pokemon in the film in the trailers there were no surprises and that was a shame that was a shame i was hoping that they would have held something back to uh yeah for the final film
1: well there was one wasn't there one very very big surprise
0: oh yes there was yeah and that was great that was very very cool but yeah i think it would have been nice if they'd really uh yeah held a bit more back um, I'm glad they didn't
1: use it to introduce uh, some Galar region Pokemon.
0: Yeah, that would have been, I, I was expecting that. I thought, oh, they're going to do something based around Meltan or one of the new stars. Milton. <laughs> which is what the anime films do. Uh, they, you know, they're big old special adverts for the next game or whatever, and the next legendary. And uh, yeah, like I said, this film was pretty much entirely free of fan service, I think. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens next with it. And maybe it's the start of a shared Smash Brothers cinematic universe (laughs) with Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) And obviously Bob Hoskins has passed on, but John Leguizamo, I'm sure, will reprise his role as Luigi for uh, for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Dennis Hopper as
0: Bowser. He's dead. Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper's dead. He went the way of the Hoskins. When?
2: He died nine years ago. Fair enough. Chris, what have you been playing this week? I've played a few games, actually. I finished a sort of indie Metroidvania-style game called Jack Quest on the PS4. Ah. That was fine. It was it was nothing special, really. It's only like a few hours, and it follows the same sort of Metroidvania route where you're upgrading your character to, to get past bits you couldn't before and, and whatever. It was kind of annoying to play in a way because the, I think the whole fun of those games is that you're working with filling out a map sort of thing okay yeah and the way that that kind of influenced the map you you couldn't access it at all until about halfway through the game Mm. Uh, and then when you did have it it didn't mark where you'd been so kind of navigating what was still a reasonably small area was actually quite challenging because there was no way of kind of like having a marker to say oh that was the bit i needed to go back to or or that's where i couldn't get to before so I, i beat it but it was kind of frustrating at times and then in the last few days, because at the moment on the Switch eShop, there's a there's a huge sale on digital stuff like this seems to be every week at the moment. I picked up a whole bunch of games I hadn't really heard of that looked semi decent for kind of like a pound or two, mm-hmm. and I started playing a game called Overdriven Reloaded, right, which is essentially like a bullet hell style uh, shoot 'em up, uh-huh. which is okay, <laughs> 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 n- n- nothing special, but you know it cost about eighty pence, so I can't whinge too much. And another game which I think you would both really enjoy if you haven't seen it, a game called Golf Peaks, that's kind of like mini golf but also a puzzle game oh yes i've got yes. that on uh,
0: on my iphone i think um, i played the demo of it yeah oh well it's on a console now isn't it it's better it's a good game well it's i don't, yeah. don't need it it's the same uh-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> shall we move on to the rankings gentlemen let's do it let's start this week with minty booth you need to put down your Konami Picross and tell us about your 78th favourite video game, please. Sure.
1: So you remember in the mid-2000s when everybody uh, started to realise that games were fun if you were good at them?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's why Chris hated games for ages. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Not not untrue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And instead of working around uh, the general skill level of normal people people just started to put like a load of i don't know like upturned desks and sacks of flour for you to crouch behind as like all the bullets that you'd taken just sort of magically fall back out of your chest and you regain all your health
0: oh yeah
1: yeah do you remember
0: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: Imagine that, but in space.
0: 2001, a space upturned desk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm of course talking about noted video game, Mass Effect.
0: Ah, the space sex one.
1: Space, sex in space, yes. With upturned desks. Just a really nice game. Um, I had a lovely time playing it. Uh, Somebody lent it to me, so I... I was like, okay, well, I've got to complete this, so I can give it back to him. So it took me a good few days to complete. I liked the intergalactic intrigue of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I liked the fact that you, were, that you had this—you uh, had this boss, this rogue agent that you had to hunt down. He was the herald of the Reapers. He was basically trying to get him to knock down the Citadel and all that sort of thing, wasn't he?
0: I, I, I don't know. I've never played the game.
1: Okay, well, uh, <laughs> imagine uh, I just told you that instead of asked you.
0: Ah, sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: loved the Citadel because, I mean, in their heyday, BioWare were very good at doing characters, weren't they? We all know it.
0: I've never played a Bioware game. Oh, Jonathan.
1: So, all right. Yeah, just imagine I told you that instead again.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds interesting.
1: He had all these different aliens, and they all had lovely, unique things about them. That I, And my favourite was the Elcor, who was like, it's like a... Imagine, right, if you put a gorilla on four stilts and covered him in roast beef. <laughs> and the thing that I liked most about the Elcor was, because they were so...
0: (laughs) That is is exactly what it looks like.
1: Because they were so big and their voices were so monotone, they would always qualify whatever they were saying with an emotion at the beginning, like, in a friendly manner, welcome to my shop. (laughs) With subtle intrigue, is that so?
2: (laughs) I got Mass Effect when I was at university because I, I had my Xbox 360 down with me when I was I was away. And in our town there was nowhere to buy video games. Like I, I was in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. So to actually go and buy a game was like a big deal. Um, and I remember going into uh, Exeter which was like 40 minutes on the train from where I was mm. to find a game to play and then picked up Mass Effect because I think I'd heard about it online or, or something or, or someone had mentioned it to me. And it was it was really good. Like like Minj said it, it's kind of I don't know. It came out at an interesting time. That idea of like the cover-based shooter thing wasn't necessarily the the first genre that you'd you'd mash with like a, a sci-fi RPG. Hmm. But just because of how games were at that time on on the three sixteen PS three era, there was a lot of that. Like we said, you know, regenerating health, hiding behind stuff popping out of cover to shoot when you're, you're standing up behind upturned desks and whatever. And it, it definitely feels like a, a particular place. The outside of the, the kind of Mass Effect trilogy, I don't think anyone else really nailed as well as Bioware did for, for that combination of genres. I
1: never did get to have sex with any aliens. That part of the game has always eluded me in any Bioware game. Aww. I think I, I, I kissed Morrigan once in oh. Dragon
0: Age.
2: <laughs> but otherwise you were a Bioware unit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah mass effect a good solid game that i liked playing (laughs) (laughs) that's it okay
0: (laughs) cool well thank you for that minty that story has had a mass effect on my life it hasn't
1: i'm going to leave
0: i don't leave Okay, I won't. Thank you. (laughs) Moving on, we have Chris's game. Can you tell us, please, Mr. Dow, what your 78th favourite video game of all time is? Yes,
2: I can. Right, we're going to Japan, boys. (gasps) Are we? Really? Yeah, it's a holiday. Right now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'll be well up for that. This is uh, a, a Japanese exclusive. We never got it over here or in America. It never came to the West. Uh, it is the game Boy advanced rhythm title, Rhythm Tengoku. Ooh, I don't know what one of those is. It did have further entries that did come to the West. We got a game on the DS called Rhythm Heaven. Oh, yes. Mm. And there was a port to the Wii as well called Rhythm Paradise. And there was finally, like, a compilation on the 3DS called Rhythm Heaven Megamix, I think, that brought, like, stages from all the different games together. The original, the Game Boy Advance, I think, is the strongest out of all of them, which I will explain why now. Basically, it's all of the, the whole series, they're, they're rhythm-based minigames. And it comes from basically the whole team behind Warrior Wear. Ah, so the art direction is really, really similar. Yeah, uh, which means it's kind of really disparate, like lots of styles mashed together, both in kind of like audio as well as visuals. Yeah, and it just feels like a real kind of punk game. It's, it's kind of it's, it doesn't follow any trends or rules. It's just whatever they thought was interesting or funny or good fun to play. They just chucked in and said, "There you go." And I think what what I like more about the game of Advance One than all the rest is. It has like a kind of lo-fi quality because the GBA was not amazing for its audio capability or visuals in terms of like the resolution of the screen or anything like that. And I think that works really well with the sort of scattergun development approach that they, they seem to be taking where it was just like lifting anything out of anywhere and, and cobbling it together and, and seeing what you get. So you, the basic premise is each stage, you're, you're either using the D-pad or one button just to tap along with the, the rhythm of the song to you know achieve whatever your goal is for that stage. So you've got... Levels where you're like a Kung Fu master punching incoming rocks and detritus and stuff out of the way. You've got a stage where there's kind of anthropomorphic onions with faces that you're plucking their beard hairs in time for music. Oh yeah,
0: as you would expect.
2: <laughs> there's a level where you are kind of commanding a toy soldier to march along to a drill sergeant's instruction in Japanese, but you, you get the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's one where you're helping a trio of mice hide behind little stacks of dishes uh, to avoid getting swiped by a big cat. Oh. It's, it's all just really fun. Like, nothing connects them together other than the fact that they are about rhythm. And like I mentioned, it's it's got a great, really varied soundtrack that pulls from all different genres, all different places. And each one kind of has that like real character because of that. But I think that the reason I like this series so much, and especially this game, is because it's really, really funny. I, I think out of every, everything I've played, like, certain games might have good writing that make you kind of, like, smirk or giggle along or have kind of, like, a some sort of slapstick humour or something that makes you laugh or, or whatnot. But... I think Rhythm Tengoku is is one of the funniest games because even though there's a language barrier, so if there's any kind of like written jokes, you're not really going to get them unless you can understand Japanese. It's all about just charming, surreal, stupid sight gags or or quirky sound effects that are there purely to to kind of be silly and make you laugh. That's fun. My favourite stage in the whole game, which I, I just want to like explain the succession of jokes because otherwise these things don't make any sense. Jokes are always funnier when you when
0: you explain them thoroughly. So,
2: <laughs> Well, it's, it's because it's so much about the visual stuff. So, so see what you think. I'm going to try and paint the scene. <laughs> so, so the base, the premise is you're just a, like a baseball batsman standing in a room. And then as the game starts, like a succession of baseballs are just chucked towards you that you then hit and knock towards the camera, essentially. So they kind of go past where the, the camera is sat. And you start off for the first like 10, 15 seconds just tapping along like hitting the A button as they, they fall in and then you kind of realise that in the back there's a little sort of UFO just sort of bobbing back and forth and you sort of think like okay that's, you know it's a bit weird it's, it's not necessarily like a funny joke but that's that's there this is all I've got to go on as you start to play it, it gradually just zooms in closer and closer to the ship so you can't see your batsman anymore so you're, you're tapping purely on the rhythm of it without the, the visual cue so it's it's kind of it starts to be quite knowing that it's like well I'm just gonna I'm just gonna focus on this really stupid thing in the background, and again because it's the game of advance the pixels start to distort and, and sort of look weird. So it's kind of that's the point where you sort of like might smirk a bit and think you know it's, it's stupid but that's that's all right. <laughs> As it keeps on going, it gets in so close that you can't see anything apart from this stupid UFO. At which point it opens up to have like a little aliens gurning face in there. <laughs> So that's all you've got to go on then, just this dumb face. And then as it starts to sort of zoom back out again, your character just is wearing a stupid mask as well <laughs> that's just come out of nowhere. It's really, really silly. The whole game is just these like little vignettes that have no connection to anything. And I'm sure when they were being made it was just purely about like, okay, well the, the premise is I'm just tapping A on the beat. So how can we make everything else around it just like more of an experience? And I mean, this stage as well, the, it ends with it zooming so far away from the action that you can't see anything apart from, like, the baseballs just flying towards you in a delay from when you actually hear the the hit. And then just for a laugh at the end, the final one you hit is like a little onigiri, you know, like the little things from Alex Kidd, the little triangle rice balls. Yes. So that's that's the final one. So you're expecting these baseballs to come towards you, and then that's the last thing it serves up. It's, just, <laughs> it's really, really dumb. I, I just love how it's really freeform, it's really stupid if you can get it on like an emulator that will play it the biggest difficulty is because it's obviously tied to like the rhythm of the whole thing you have to work out kind of if there's any kind of lag that's added from your setup if you're emulating it sure so it's kind of the, the only real way to do it properly is still if you have a game more advanced but outside of that give it a go or at least watch like playthroughs of certain levels on youtube or, or get one of the the more recent versions because uh, they're all worthwhile they're just not quite as funny
0: that sounds absolutely delightful. There we are, another game to look out for in uh, in, in, in J- Japan, I guess. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, finally, we have my game. Okay, so how many games are there that have multiplayer in them that you only really play the multiplayer mode? Because thinking of things like Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, whilst obviously they're designed as multiplayer games... I've played significantly more of them single player than I have in multiplayer. And, you know, that's where my, my enjoyment of the game has come from. Can you think of any games that you really just have to play at multiplayer?
1: Well, for me, a game that I played the multiplayer of more than the single player, Goldeneye, because I was not good at the single player, but I was better than my mum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the game I'm talking about actually was introduced to me by Chris Dell. Oh really? Yes, Aww. indeed. I'd say I think it's the most fun multiplayer experience I've had, and I have since gone on to get it for myself and play it with Sammy to much enjoyment. It is, of course, the classic multiplayer cookery game, Overcooked. Overcooked. Oh, ah.
2: fantastic!
0: Yeah. I uh, yeah I remember having just a, a, so much fun playing it with you, Chris, and yeah. it was it was one of those things where it was it was so simple and but so perfectly done. The mix of chaos and to frustration uh, <laughs> was 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 a very fine line. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, of course, made by Team 17. It's a whole lot of fun. For those of you who don't know what the game is, essentially the scenario is you're in a kitchen and you control a chef. Orders come in and the ingredients to fulfil those orders are around the kitchen. You need to make these orders as quickly as possible and get them out. Uh, there are many things that stand in your way. <laughs> including other players, mainly. <laughs> including other players knocking you into lava for the uh, volcano-based kitchens. So, yeah. So, a, a typical example, it would be an order for a burger comes in. So, you have to go to the ingredient box and get some mince. You have to get it over to the chopping board to mince it into a patty. Then you have to get it in the frying pan. Make sure you don't burn it. Then you've got to get a bun, get a tomato, get the tomato on the chopping board, slice the tomato, put it all together, get it out and then the plate will come back and you need to wash the plate up so you've got clean plates to put it back out again. And it is absolute chaos, but it's it's incredibly well-designed chaos so that... You can stay on top of it. If you're really, really uh, cohesive as a team, you can also pull something out of the bag, back from the brink, even if you have just totally descended into madness. <laughs> I think it's, it's a very simple game because there's just essentially like two buttons, which is like run and action. So either you use the action to pick up an ingredient or to you know pick up a pan or to... Throw a fish across a freeway um, to your partner <laughs> on the other side who has the deep fat fryer in a moving van or whatever it is. Yeah, it's an awful lot of fun. It's an awful lot of fun. I have tried playing single player. It is not an awful lot of fun. Oh, it is not at all. It is an awful lot of awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just yeah. It's too it's too much. It's too much to try and do. It's it's obviously it's a game designed to play with other people, and I've played it with three people, and that was just brilliant i've never played it with four which i think is the maximum, yeah. but uh, yeah, like I said me and Sammy have played quite a lot of it on two-player mode, and we've had a fantastic time, we've had a fantastic time Sammy always loses a bit of confidence because she, she likes to throw fish on the floor and that spreads into her behaviour in the game <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah, I reassure her, say, it's okay let's just keep our cool, we, let's do it again we can do it, and, and we always do, and it's the sense of accomplishment that you get uh, and the sense of, you know, satisfaction you get from good old-fashioned teamwork is always wonderful the, the the one thing i do particularly like about the game is the fact that there is a very very tenuous story <laughs> linking it all together <laughs> which there doesn't need to be there does not need to be it was like in i remember in super monkey ball when super monkey ball 2 came out they were like yeah it's got story mode and it's like i don't need to know that some evil king has put out all these stages for you to it doesn't matter like this this game, it does not matter that there is a big old onion telling you to go and, I assume, just cook food to save the world or something. Although he does have a cute little, I assume, like a shallot dog. Hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> it's ridiculous. It doesn't need to be there. But I'm so glad that it is because it's so silly. Perhaps I think the three of us should play it and see how we get on. Yes.
2: Definitely. A lot of fun. I mean, what what I really liked when we played, especially when, when we first day ago when you were down jonathan is it's it's one of those games where the first time you play a stage often is like absolute carnage yeah totally. because you're you're just figuring out like why is the cupboards moving (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah why 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 can't i get to the sink anymore all sort of stuff like that
0: there's a ghost making pizza as well and (laughs) and and the
2: first kind of time you you try and beat a level or, or get a certain ranking or rating or whatever it's it's always terrible yeah but it's one that you you do genuinely improve as as you play more because you you do work on this sense of sort of camaraderie and and teamwork yeah and it goes from like people just like shouting abuse at each other the first couple of times (laughs) you know for the 15th time you've knocked someone into a pool or whatever out the other side when suddenly you're you're smashing the score by by you know so many orders more than you needed Because you've you've decided, okay, well, you're on that. You're doing that job. You're moving there. Don't get down that channel. That's where I walk. (laughs) And all these sort of things. And and you have, like, someone has to almost be, like, a foreman for the whole kitchen. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's
2: it's a game about, like, proper fun communication. Yeah. And the first one, you couldn't play online, could you? I don't think that was an online mode. No, there wasn't. Because we did talk about trying to play it. Uh, together online, but um... and the, the second one I've, I think added one I, I didn't ever play it in the, end the second game. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I shall investigate that for if there is online, you should get it, and we should uh, we play buy it. Yeah,
2: I do think you would lose something though for not having like the person next to you to, to actually like hit on the leg when they do something stupid.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We've spoken before about how none of us are particularly big fans of online sort of multiplayer because yeah. you lack that personal connection. But one of the things I, I, I like that you said is um, yeah, once you get a strategy down try that strategy on the next level (laughs) and the game the game knows like you know the game knows that that's like that's then going to be the worst way to attempt to do it and you're like oh no but i was i was the tomato man (laughs) and now i can't even reach the tomatoes because there's a dragon guarding them or something but the chef in the castle has an enchanted sword and he can get it or whatever however it works that was not a scenario from the game So, there we have it. Another trio of games, another week. We had, first of all...
2: Mass Effect. Then we had... Rhythm Tengoku.
0: And finally, we had Overcooked. If you've enjoyed this episode, or if you've enjoyed any of the episodes, please do leave us a review. Like it, share it, subscribe to it. Tell your friends, tell a neighbour. I told my neighbour. He's going to listen to it. Well done community outreach you can find us on facebook if you search for our three cents you can find us and join the conversation we're always chatting about what we're playing in there and other various fun things probably or you can reach out to us uh, individually on twitter you can find me at jonathan dunn
2: oh yeah that's me isn't it <laughs> every single time <laughs> you can find me at Chaz_Hodges. underscore hodges it is
1: possible to reach out to me at minty booth but best not hey eh?
2: And please do join
0: us next week for our 77s. Two flamingos. No. Um, two, I, I don't know, crutches. A very sick boy.
2: Rickets.